bad, something else right here. We need to feed people's souls more. We need to feed their minds more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Naked Mindset. I am one of your hosts, the Prodigal One JB. Alongside me, my beautiful co-host, Sharita Sunshine. Sherry, how are you doing today? Hey, 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 everybody. I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. The week is always... We're in December already. Can you believe the year 2020 is almost over? cannot even believe it. Like, literally, I was at work. I looked at the calendar, and I'm like, holy crap, we're in December. I, I, I literally felt like January just was just beginning. 2018 was just beginning. and I know. It's 2018 literally in, like, less than 30 days. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But anything exciting happening to you this week? No, nothing exciting. Just working. Um... Gonna be headed to New York this weekend so I can do some touristy things, but um, this week just been working. How about you? The hell? What? <laughs> what, what? You're from New York. What touristy things are you gonna be doing in New York? Well, Sean, um, for everyone that listens to the episode last week, Sean, Sean Siddle's my husband, and he hasn't, he's never been to like New York City to see the Christmas tree all lit up. So we wanted to go do, take him to go do that with my best friend and her husband. And, um, also I've always had low key, always had like a secret, like romantic dream of ice skating in Central Park. And I've never done that with anybody. So hmm. is that like a hint to Sean? <laughs> Sean, if you listen, Sean, if you listen, you better take her ice skating, bro. Did you ever get that? Did you ever get that back and foot massage? For all those who don't know, we played a game last week, and Sean says a loss, so he owed Sherry a back and foot massage. Did you ever get that? Did you ever cash in on that? Oh, well, actually, he won. Oh yeah, what am I saying? He won, and I cashed in on it though. <laughs> Typical woman. I got a back rub, but for real, real talk. So Sean um, used to be uh, a marine. He's a veteran, and so his feet are like jacked up from wearing boots and stuff, right? So it took a long time for him to um, just wear open-toed shoes. At first, it took a while for me to even just see his feet. Anyway, side note. But um, he always says, like, I won't do that to you. You don't have to he, you don't have to rub my feet. You can rub my calves, though. So he tells me that I can rub his calves as, as payment for that for that bet. Did you? I haven't done it yet, no. That shit Mm-mm. is never going to happen. <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah. I'm my word. I do it. <laughs> well, anyway, I hope you guys have fun in New York. Um, Seema and I, uh, my wife and I, we – we ha- we want to go see the ball drop eventually, but that's just such for all who know what I'm talking about. It's m- like madness. So we're eventually gonna get around to it. Probably not this year, but at some point I do want to do. We want to go see the ball drop in New York at Times Square. So Sean that's does too. List. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe we'll. But I'm not. One year. I'm not standing outside. Maybe we can chip in and everybody get a room together. But exactly. I am not standing outside. That's not happening. Yeah, I think that's the best bet. We'll do that. But um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Let's go. Uh, what we, what's gonna happen now is we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna um listen to some music and uh we're gonna be back with Sherry's cloud cases. So we'll have that on the other side. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard TNM Air. To prepare for takeoff, please fasten your seatbelts. Our next stop, Cloud Cases. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cloud Cases. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so to this week's story is low-key funny, but also at the moment was very, very upsetting and annoying. Um, so I had a lady, I, I was doing beverages and I get to her row and I ask her, you know, what would she like to drink? And she asked me, what is the caffeine content in our soda? So I asked her, I told her I didn't know. And I asked her what, which soda is she interested in drinking so I can, um, give her the can and she can look at it or I could just look at it as well. And she said, no, I want to know in all of your carbonated beverages, what is the caffeine content? So I told her, I don't know, and I can't go through all of them because I have an airplane of 200 and some odd people that I need to serve, And but I'd be more than willing to show her a can or two so she can decide what she wants. So she started getting irate and very upset about me not knowing the caffeine content. And she finally says to me, this is absolutely ridiculous. This airline is ridiculous. The fact that they don't, that you guys as flight attendants do not know the caffeine content in all of their beverages is like appalling to me. And she's literally saying this with a straight face, very serious. So she's like, you know, I, I, I want to know, like, who do I need to talk to? What, I mean, this is ridiculous. So I tell her, you know what? Our headquarters is in XYZ city and she is more than willing, she, you know, she's more than welcome to write a letter to the headquarters of our company and complain to them that instead of flight attendants being trained for almost two months on how to save her life in the event of fire, in the event of landing on water, landing on, on, um, on the ground. If God forbid we have a terrorist on board, or even if, if someone on the airplane had a medical emergency, none of that's important because what we should be being trained on is caffeine content. And Everybody around her started busting out laughing and she just looked at me like, really, really, bitch, really? And I'm thinking, <laughs> just like, are you crazy? Like, how is this a priority and how are you complaining about no wanting to know caffeine content? I'm on the lady's side because you should be going above yeah? and beyond. You should be going above yeah, and whatever. beyond. <laughs> From now on, I hope you learn your lesson and I hope now you have, if someone asks you that question again, you whoop out a laminated, not only a piece of paper, but a laminated paper, and and you can pass around. Caffeine is important. People find caffeine important, don't they? And do you know what she ended up ordering at the very end anyways because she wanted to be so goddamn stubborn? Water? Yes, sir. You should have been like, what's the caffeine <laughs> count on that, bitch? <laughs> I wanted to. I should have asked her. Shit. Some of the things you have to go through as a flight attendant, and some of the stories you said – have been just amazing and and I, I hope everyone's enjoying the cloud cases and I hope everybody appreciates uh, you sharing uh, these these stories with us and I, I can't I, I already can't wait for next week to hear the next one but um just to kind of take a swing on things and change things up a little bit uh, the topic for this week Shark, can you tell everybody what the topic for this week is so the topic for this week is kind of eerie and scary um, we're gonna be talking about phobias and fears. Yeah, that exactly. And we, you know, we we did some on we went online and we went on social media and we we asked some questions and we're going to share what we got with all that. But um first, what I wanted to do was 
uh, because there's some sometimes there's a misconception between the word fear and the word phobia. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what the difference is. And based on the research that I did and based on on what all that I read, and it makes sense, a fear is basically like a, a a normal human emotion that's triggered by a threatening condition. So, for example, if, like, God forbid, someone has, like, a gun to my head and they're threatening to shoot me, that is not a phobia. That is a legitimate threatening condition I'm in. So it's a fear. Whereas a phobia is more of like an anxiety disorder. Um, it's more of an irrational fear where the reaction that I'm getting or someone is giving, it, it really avoids the what's actually going on. There's there's really no actual threat posed. It's just that it's in my head it's really a threat when in actuality there's not really a serious threat. And, um, you know, that's pretty much kind of the difference between a phobia and a fear. Cher, do you see it that way at all? Yeah, I totally see it that way. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize until you actually said the definitions that the the difference between the two, but it makes a lot of sense because fears I think sometimes get stem from um experiences we had or things that we've heard and you know, it just kind of gets stuck in our in our psyche. And I mean, I guess phobias can kind of do the same thing, but I feel like they're a little bit more deep rooted. Maybe an actual event occurred with that phobia that has that placed in a different way. I I agree. And it's crazy because there's so many, the amount of people that have phobias, uh, when I saw the number, it's just astounding. I mean, you have to think we have billions and billions uh, of people in the world. And, do you know what do you know what the actual number of people that live with a phobia is? Just take a guess on the percentage of the world population. Of the world population, I would probably say 75% if not more. It's actually way smaller than that. It's 12.5%, but when you're talking about the world population, that number, that, that basically one out of every eight people have a phobia. So you're talking something, you're talking about hundreds of billions of people you're talking about that have a phobia, which is, it's incredible. Uh, they say that more women ha- are affected by phobias than men. Why do you think that is? Do you think there's any particular reason? Is it that men, men, and I'm not trying to be sexist or, or p- women, please don't start attacking me on, on, on social media, but, do you think that men can kind of put up more or they have a little bit more courage than women? Or why is it that you think women are affected more than men? Well, I mean, I think a couple of things are happening. I think one, just even when you're saying 12 percent, not saying that that number isn't accurate, but I think a lot of people may not even know that they have a phobia because they don't even know the hundreds of types of different phobias. And in, in conjunction with that, I think that men may not even be admitting to it because if they say it out loud or they take a survey or however they gather this information, they might, it might be a a, a notch to their manhood. It it might make them feel less than or less masculine for whatever reason. That's an amazing point. I didn't really think about that because when they do these tests and these studies, you don't really know if the person is even being hundred percent accurate or or, or telling the truth. Um, And I, yeah, as you said, it might be a, kind of hit on their manhood or, or they may feel like, you know, yeah, less of a man if they admit to, oh, I'm afraid of spiders, for example. Um, so, yeah, that, that's actually a good point. How about the fact that 
of people under the age of 10 have a phobia and 95% of people under the age of 20 have phobias. What do you think? How do you, why do you think age plays such a huge? I think because a lot of, first of all, we, we don't fully, like, we don't fully develop and make up all, we make up all the things we're going to make up by the age of seven. Right. So I'm talking about like big, hardcore information that we're making up is by the age of seven. So a lot of during those time, during those first seven years, that's really critical, really critical years. A lot of things, you know, we're discovering it's, it's brand new. Everything is new to us. The world is so big. And I think a lot of things that could be happening to us just get stuck in our psyche and they just stay with us as we grow old up until the age of 20, which is, you know, all of our childhood, adolescence and teenage years. That's all like the building blocks all in one. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Uh, I There's a couple of phobias that I have, which I'll share a little bit later, that a lot of it stemmed from my childhood. And um, really a lot of my phobias was exactly that, my childhood. So, yeah, I think that that's basically what happens. Now, I know both on, on Twitter and also Facebook, different social media realms, we posted some polls and, and posed questions um, just to all of our, our listeners and ask them what are they most afraid of. So just starting with Twitter, uh, Sherry, you actually posted a poll asking what people are most afraid of. And the options were spiders and insects, uh, which is a good one, heights, failure, which is a huge one, and other. We had a couple of people that went with other, uh, you know, some people went with like temper and some other things. Um, in terms of the actual options though, 40, uh, excuse me, 15% said heights, 29% said spiders and insects, and 41% said failure. And failure is a huge one for a lot of people, uh, including myself. And I don't, not to get too far off topic, but if you are a person that does not fear failure, I feel like something is wrong. I don't want to get into a huge discussion about that, but I feel like everyone should have goals and everyone should always be striving to accomplish and be ambitious. And if you don't achieve those goals or you're not afraid of failure, I feel like something is absolutely wrong with you. What are your thoughts on that? I don't agree with that at all. I don't think uh, a, um, a phobia or fear of failure is something that, should be ingrained in us. I, I'm, I'm completely on board with, with having goals and setting milestones for myself and moving forward and constantly wanting to grow myself as a human being. But I think the concept of failure is so ingrained with us. And like, we don't, like you said, you didn't want to get too deep into it in this episode because that could possibly be something we talk about down the road. But I think that that's a concept that's ingrained from us by society because we're always constantly in competition or comparing ourselves to others because that's kind of how our society is set up. And failure is really, to me, is a make-believe thing. All When when you're on your way to try to accomplish something, at least from where I, I see it, when I'm on my way to try to accomplish something and I have a huge that's actually one of my fears and has been, and it's something I've worked on is a fear of failure. And I had to redesign myself to try to look at it different because when I'm on my way to accomplish something and I don't have the result that I want, it's simply just that not having the result that I want. So for example, if I'm driving from Florida to New York and I end up in Texas, right? Does that mean I failed in getting to New York? Not necessarily. Now I, I'm able to know and look at a map and say, okay, I'm in Texas. So I need to course correct and redesign myself and switch directions and drive towards New York. 
I could eventually get to New York still. It doesn't mean that I failed. It just means I, I get to, you know, figure some stuff out. But because, but did you want to want to get a shorter uh, route or a better route because you felt you failed? What do you mean? Like you said, like you used the, the, the drive to New York as an example. Mm-hmm. And you said you, you know, whipped out maps and try to get a better route, correct? Well, I was saying because I ended up in Texas, I whooped out a, I whooped out a map so I can course correct like how I'm in Texas and not in New York. Right, but now if you were to do that drive again, mm-hmm. do, what, what do you think you do differently? I, I don't again, I don't want to get too much into this, but the, mm-hmm. the point I was trying to make was I think because you have that fear of uh, of failure, it it makes us better people. I, I may be completely wrong on that, but the fact that I have a fear of failure, like I do not want to fail makes me do better it makes me want to do better i mean i can i see what you're saying i just feel like just having that energy in the space provide like having the energy of not wanting to fail why can't we look at it from a place of we always get to accomplish or succeed and we have everything in abundance that we absolutely need in order to succeed why does it have to be from a place of fear of failing yeah, I can see your I can see your point on that, but this is this is definitely something we have to put a pin on and definitely talk about um, in future. Uh, definitely, this might be a future episode for everyone listening. If you want to hear us discuss failure and all the things that encompass failure, you know, let us know. Let us know on social media if you want to hear about that. But let's go ahead and move forward. Um, I know you talked about some of your um, different phobias and fears. So, what I wanted to go ahead and do was. Uh, I have a list here of of what, based on all the research, they said these are the top phobias, and not only in the United States, but just around the world. So we're going to go in order. Uh, you know, we're going to start with number 10. I'll work our way down to number one and talk about some of the fears. Now, uh, in between these, we're also going to share some fears of our own. So, um, Sharon, let's open up that way first. Can you share a, a fear that you have that nobody knows about, or even if people know about it, that's fine. But our listeners are going to hear for the first time. Clowns. I am not a fan of clowns at all. As I've gotten older, I'm able to rationalize it. And it's when I see a clown, it's not like I'm going to run screaming. But when I was a kid, I would cry and scream. I I wanted nothing to do with clowns. And honestly, I have no recollection of where that even came from. Like I even, I even tried to think before recording this episode, where did this come from? Like, did I watch a movie? Uh, did I see something? And I don't know. And I think what it is for me is a clown always has their face painted and they have like, you know, you don't, you don't really know what they look like, right? Because they're wearing a wig and you know, they're all kind of like covered up. And there's something about not being like transparent or not being able to see the person like bothers me. Like it bothers me to my core. Like I want to see, I want to know who the hell you are in case you come try to hit me or something. I need to know who the hell, what the hell you look like. <laughs> now, are you, do you still have this, pho- this phobia till today? Um, I would say I rationalize it with my adult mind so I don't freak out and go running down the street. But it's not something I enjoy. Like if there's a bunch of clowns, it's not a place I'm going to want to be in. What about like going to the movies and, and watching it, for example? Um... I don't know. I don't think I've seen a movie with a clown in there. I will say like some while back, it wasn't a movie about clowns, but there was like a a clown in a horror movie and it did like creep me out. Like I did get like the shivers like, ugh. 
Well, for me, um, and actually, it's number ten on our on our list, mm-hmm. and and um, I didn't even know this was even a phobia. Like uh, so much things we learned while while preparing for this episode, and this is something that's creeped me the hell out for the longest time, <laughs> and I didn't even know it was a phobia. And it's called trypophobia. And for anyone wondering what the hell this is, earlier this week on uh, Twitter, our Twitter handle, which again is at uh, Naked Mindset Pod, I posted a picture, and it, in reality, it's a picture of a, a, you know really a flower. And a lot of people they replied, and I asked, hey, you know, what is your your genuine feelings about this picture? And just to give you some some ideas of what people said uh the guys from socially unacceptable um if you haven't listened to that by the way definitely go and listen to a great podcast but uh he said this gives me anxiety somebody else um posted they're like no 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 sherry you yourself posted it grosses me out we also had i did yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you about that in a second we also had uh holly who was our guest in episode one post slightly uncomfortable um and, you know, we had other people post some other funny gifs and stuff of, you know, how they felt uncomfortable. Myself, personally, it grossed me the hell out. Sherry, what about you? What was your, you know, why did you feel grossed out by this? So I'm going to try to do my best to describe the picture on how I saw it. So uh, um, Jay says it's a picture of a flower, right? That's what you said? Yeah, I think it's like a lotus flower, if I'm not mistaken. Is that like a super close-up like of the particles or something, or what is it? it that- it's, it's not really super close-up, but even even if I was to... That was kind of the best picture I could find, but even if I was to find one that was zoomed out more, I'm sure we would have gotten the same reactions. Yeah. Because the, so- fear, the fear is called trypophobia, and what that is is it's the fear of clustered holes. Okay, so yeah, I'm trying to describe it in the best. It was like these little holes with like, I don't know, some kind of like bubble, I don't know, things sticking out. I don't even know how to explain it. It's going to be hard to explain. But I just looked at it and it just grossed me out because it reminded me of like a skin rash or something. I don't know, like sticking out or like parasite sticking out of a hole. I don't know what it reminded me of, but it just grossed me out. Maybe. I mean, it, it was. A, I mean, I guess. Ew. <laughs> we do an STD show, though? Uh, no, but here's the thing. <laughs> a ton of people. Uh, this is actually number 10 on overall phobias in the world. And a lot of people do have it. for. And it's not. This is not more. This is not really a fear, but it's just exactly what Sherry and I said. It's more. More people. More people have disgust and grossness attached to it versus like more of a fear and the thing is i don't really know why this disgusts me but it just does it just looks disgusting and i've looked i've tried to look at multiple pictures that have clustered holes just to feel if i feel the same way and i would say 90 percent of the pictures i looked at i felt some sort of disgust even if it wasn't a, a flower it could have been something else that there was just kind of a it just didn't look right to me and uh, yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. Now, Sherry, um, I know you posted also some some questions on Facebook in regards to what people were thinking on Facebook in terms of their phobias. Can you share some of the responses? Yeah, sure. Um, I I posted the I posted a poll, but I thought let me open it up. Um, to be honest with you, I posted on Facebook, and I only can come up with two answers. Um, like when I was doing a poll on Facebook, it would only let me choose like have two answers, and I didn't like that. So then I ended up posted the posting the question separately so people can can freely answer and respond and comment on it. So your wife 
Seema um, put a picture of a bunch of cats that thought that. <laughs> Let me just say right now, first of all, my wife, I know she's going to listen to this. So, babe, I love you. But my wife is. Afraid, we love you. <laughs> she is afraid of literally everything. Um, everything. But cats is a whole another level. Cats and dogs. Why? Do you know where that comes from? Did she see something when she was a kid or something? No. Her uncle, her uncle John, ruined this child. And let me explain what happened. So, so first of all, my wife is terrified of cats and dogs. And uh, cats I don't understand because, I mean, literally, if you just, like, move a finger, they run away. But the thing is, to the point, this is so bad with her to the point. We travel a lot. Anyone who knows us knows we travel a lot. And when we're going to, to anywhere... She will find out number one, the if we're using happens to use an airline, does that airline allow dogs or cats to be in the terminal? And does do they allow dogs or cats to be inside the plane? And if they do, what? Yep. And if they do, she is not flying with them. That's number one. We went to Vegas. Um, we went to Vegas, and the airline we used, which was Spirit at the time, they allowed dogs, and she freaked out the entire time. Um. Anyway, that's number one. Number two. Whatever hotel we're going to, she will go online. If she can't find it, she will call them and ask, do you allow dogs and cats? Because if they do, she will not be attending that hotel. No matter how nice it is, no matter where where it's located, it doesn't matter. If they have, they allow dogs or cats, she will not be there. And no matter what, wherever she goes, if she, she sees a dog, or, if she's in her car and there's a cat outside, she will not, she will not get out of the car until that cat is gone. But wait a minute. I'm kind of surprised about the airline thing because, you know, I'm in the airline industry. Don't all airlines, at least American U.S. based companies, don't all American airlines allow animals because we have um, what do you call those things like support animals? No, I mean, well, they have they have certain rules like uh, and I don't know. She would know better than me because she she's like actually researched the whole thing. But like. I guess some of them have certain – some of them have more – what's the word? Lenience than others. Like, okay, you can have them in the terminal, but they have to be like in a in a, um, a, a, a basket or a cage or whatever the, whatever the right terminology is. They can't just be out and loose. And uh, I forgot where we went. Oh, we went, we went to Puerto Rico earlier this year in April. I took her to Puerto Rico for her birthday. Thank God I had – we didn't sit next to each other, and thank God I had the seats – the particular seat I had because the lady sitting next to me had a dog in her lap. And I know if it was Seema sitting there, she would have free. Well, first of all, she would have asked to be move. So, but I was fine with it. It was a, it was a small little dog and it, it, you know, I was fine with it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about dogs because dogs are on this list, but just to rewind real quick, the reason why she has this fear of cats, mm-hmm. her uncle. So she, my wife is half Guyanese, half Trinidadian. And one of her uncles were living was living in Trinidad. This is years and years ago, and told her all these stories when she was younger about how cats have literally, as if cats were like Jack the Ripper, like literally they've jumped on people and they've <laughs> sliced people's throat and cut their jugular and like took off their heads. So cut I their think, jugular, huh? All right, cut their jugular. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think literally because she heard these things when she was younger. It's kind of stuck with her, and I tell her that all the time, and she doesn't think that's what it is, but it has to be because no cat has ever attacked her or anything, and she can't even really look too much at pictures, and I I really have 
I'm worried that this is going to affect her all of her life. We went to okay, and and after this we'll move on from my wife. But we went to Rome. Uh, Sherry, you know we went to Italy and we did the whole Italy Spain thing, whatever. Yeah. We went to Rome. One of the places I was dying to see was the Colosseum, which we saw. We did not go into the Colosseum. Literally, every person I met said, "How could you go to the Colosseum and not go inside? Why? Right? Did, why didn't we go in the Colosseum? Because Sima read online that inside the Colosseum there are tons of cats." I told her that wasn't true. She doesn't care what you say. She cares what <laughs> if there's even a one percent chance there are cats in there. She will not be there, not wow. at all. Even if it's we're across the across the world, in a once in a lifetime trip, once in a lifetime opportunity. No, pass. So we got to see the Coliseum for, from a distance, which was absolutely fine for me because I understand. You know, I understand her phobia and I understand her her fears of cats. So, you know, I had to deal with that. But um, what what else do you get from Twitter? from other people all right so moving on from Seema, Seema, we love you and we had to talk about you a little bit so just shout out to you um, <laughs> leave the girl alone man all right so a, a, a good friend of mine liliana she said out of alignment with source that's a little bit of a spiritual response so that wasn't a common response that most people gave um a lot of people said heights. And I know earlier you said something about heights and not being, I think you said not being scared of it. I think really quick, I think everybody on some even minute level is afraid of heights. It's just that I think it varies. You know, some people cannot be on a bridge or something like that. They can't look down. You know, I could do that. But at the same time, if you're high up in the air and you're on a hanging bridge, there's still like some level of, I don't know, fear, don't you think, for everybody? Normally, I would I would agree with you, but we went to, we went to um, Dubai and I was at the Burj Khalifa, which is the world's tallest building. And I looked down and I had zero fear. And if that's the tallest building... It doesn't really get much higher than that, and I had zero fear. Um, that doesn't mean if I was to go another 500 feet, I wouldn't have fear. But based on the distance that I've encountered thus far, I've had zero fear. That's, again, not to say if I went up another 20,000 feet in the air or something like that and happened to look down, I would have fear. But I really don't – I don't know. I don't have anything like that. Yeah, but that's different. You're on a building. Your feet are firmly planted on the ground. Have you been like ziplining or skydiving or bungee jumping where like – you're not going to be firm, you know, like your feet are not firm on a ground. Well, I mean, but is that fear? For example, if you go on a roller coaster, you're going to have some kind of some sort of anxiousness. You're going to have that that feeling in the pit of your stomach. But and, and when I go on a roller coaster, that's what I have. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm in fear. Or Have you ever been on a hanging bridge that like moves? Uh, yeah, I have. And I didn't have any fear on that. No, I, I had right. I, I had a little bit of like. Okay, I gotta be, you know, this is a lot, when I was a lot younger. I was mm-hmm. about, like a close to, you know, I was in my teenage years. Um, but I didn't really have a fear. It was just like, a, okay, I need to be good and not fall off of this thing. And I don't really consider it necessarily a fear, more of an awareness. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I disagree, but all right. So heights, um, some people said loneliness, dying alone, um, Haunted houses. So a friend of mine, Bob, he said, haunted houses, zombies, and Donald Trump's hair. (laughs) (laughs) So so a couple of funny ones, right? Other than that. Right. So two of them that I can relate to, one from your brother, my cousin, and the other one from Sean. Sean 
put the count from Sesame Street. I, I, I was like, what? <laughs> the count from Sesame Street is a purple dude with a cape. You know, and not even that, but he's like a chill purple dude in a cape. He's not yeah. like me. He's like super sweet, right? Right. So I don't remember exactly the dream, but Sean said he had a dream when he was a kid about the count killing, I think it was his dad in the dream. What the fuck? And ever since ever since that dream, he said he was scared of the count. Like as a kid, like he did not want to see nothing about the count, no stuffed animals, no nothing. He wanted no dealings with the count. But the count was so like nonviolent. He was. <laughs> That's I mean, what I said. He teach you how to friggin' count. Like if you would have said like Frankenstein or something that was like stiff and like mean looking, okay. But the count, mm, I don't know. And the, and then and if you know my husband, like you know my what my husband looks like, Jay. He's like a big dude, ex marine, you know, like tough guy. And then the count from Sesame Street. When I saw him post that, I literally (laughs) thought he was being sarcastic. Honest to God. I did not once think he was actually being legit. Never at all. I don't think it's a thing for him now, but he's legit talking about a real fear of when he was a kid. That's real. The next time I see him, I'm going to start playing some freaking count (laughs) videos and see what he does. What did my brother say? What did Q say? Because I missed that. Okay. So Q said the back room at grandma's house. Oh, now that This could be a whole freaking episode all together. Is a real like that's legit. I think all of our cousins, everybody in that gener in our generation in the cousin world, I think everybody was afraid of the back room at grandma's house. Yeah, but okay, first sure. Before we 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 dive real quick into this story, can you give some background on the on on this is our grandmother. It, it, she has a, a what is it a four bedroom maybe five bedroom house. Yeah, it's a big but, house, right? It's a big house, but. She has this one room in an area that really no one ever goes to. It's all the way in the back. But Cher, can you give some background to the listeners? Well, which part? So, so it's a back. It's like it's like at this random room, like he said. That's I don't even know what it is. Like it's like it's not a bedroom. It's not like an official bedroom. It's like More this storage. random that's in the house. Yeah, it's kind of like a storage inside the house, and. I don't know. I've never really had to be quite honest with you. I don't know too much about this back room because since everybody else was freaking scared, I would never take my ass in that room ever. So what the story is, uh, <laughs> some of our uncles and if I'm not mistaken, your dad was one of these <laughs> and you you have to ask him. But some of our uncles, uh, they said that uh, they spent nights in the room and they felt, you know, someone like, you know, holding their foot or like choking them or or like you know things like that i can tell you though whether there is or isn't something there i don't know but i do know some of the guy cousins myself q um raj ravi we sort of debunked this and actually now that i'm thinking i don't know if q was there i don't remember if he was there but like our cousins we sort of debunked this because i remember we actually we actually did like had a Ouija board and tried it in there and nothing. Y'all, yeah. We we were like, okay. screw it. Let's try it. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, we did bloody Mary too. You know, when you're young, you think you believe in everything. So we tried bloody Mary and nothing happened. That doesn't mean that nothing's going on, but we've heard all sorts of stories about that back room. But, um, yeah, that, that, that back room, that's, I'm sure that's going to come up again and it'll be interesting, be interesting to see like, Imagine we just went there and actually spent the whole night in that back room just to see what would happen. I feel like the cousins should have a slumber party in the back room at grandma's house. Just I feel, saying. 
I think a lot of them will just decline, <laughs> to be honest with you, based on what they've heard. I'm going to send out an invite and see how many heads we get. <laughs> invite invite to Grandma's back room. First of all, yeah. Grandma's going to see all of them. I'm like, what the hell are y'all doing here? I ain't trying to feed all y'all. <laughs> nah, like, grandma- we got this. We got this. Nah, our grandmother is like the most sweet, sweetest loving person. She'll be like, yeah, come. And she'll cook like the whole world for us. But yeah. Um, what else? What else? What other responses we got off of uh, Facebook? Uh, that was really it. I said all of them already. Yeah, that was, um, for the most part, because a lot of people said the same thing. So like dying alone, loneliness and heights were some of the most common. And then the basic, like Seema said cats or whatever, but some people said like insects and snakes, things like that. Gotcha. So let's continue on with the list. Uh, Again, just recapping number 10 was, uh, you know, trypophobia, which is, uh, the fear of you know, clustered and small holds. Uh, number nine is aerophobia. And Sheriff, you have this. I don't even know what to say, but aerophobia yeah. is the, the fear of flying. Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to get our aunt to be a flight attendant. And she said that she has a, a small fear of flying that she freaks out. And I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not a good job for you. <laughs> that's not going to work. Uh, the next one, and again, babe, I'm not picking on you, but my wife has this. Uh, misophobia, which is the fear of germs. There's a lot of people that are like that. Uh, that's me included. I won't say how bad. I, I won't say it's severe. I don't think it's severe at all because I've met some people that are severe, and I'm definitely not at that place. But Sean would probably say, like Sean could go gardening and touch five million um, pennies, and he would eat a sandwich, no problem. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even think about it. Like I'm not there. I would be washing my hands a couple times before I touch the sandwich. Yeah, um, I probably would wash my hands as well. I'm not that that. Um, I'm not that. I can know, but also I'm extremely loose when it comes to germs too. Um, for example, like I could wipe my eye, for example, and then go eat a sandwich, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, there are some people that are like like way different though. Like for example, I never even knew this was a thing. Uh, but it, it makes logical sense. But there are some people that actually, before using the bathroom, they wash their hands before they use the bathroom and then after they use the bathroom. Have you ever heard of that? Never heard of that before. But think about it. Isn't it logical? For example, I'm, I'm going to talk about guys for a second. When we go to use the bathroom, for example, if we go to pee. I'm not going to get too graphic. If we go to pee, we are we are holding certain parts of our body. So why are you going to hold your the part of body with your dirty hands? Wouldn't it make sense to wash your hands before you hold that part of your body? And then obviously wash afterwards because you held, you know, again you held it, so it makes logical sense. I think. I mean, I guess yeah, for guys that that make, kind of makes sense. I don't really understand that in any other realm, but sure. And that's gonna that's that's gonna talk about a whole other topic with men because y'all some nasty boys. Y'all do bad things, nasty things. In what way? <laughs> what do you mean in what way? Like, what do you mean we do nasty things? What are you talking about? You guys can sleep with 500 chicks and you won't be thinking about nothing, but you're going to wash your hands before you use the bathroom? Yeah. Ain't no wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's wrong with that? You got to have right. clean hands, don't you? Okay. If you don't have All clean, right. if you don't, you got to have your hands clean before you, you go and, and, and touch these 500 women, don't you? Mm-hmm. And what about what those 500 women have? 
That's you know, about that. That's another episode. Okay. <laughs> so the next, like a true man, spoken like a true man. Moving on. Moving on. The the next one, and this is a very common one as well. Number seven on the list. Uh, I personally don't don't um fear this, but it's uh, claustrophobia, which is the fear of small spaces. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about claustrophobia? Do you get claustrophobic at all? No, I mean, I, I kind of really can't. There's people that get claustrophobic being on an airplane because even though it's not like a super small space, it's still a confined space. Like you can't go anywhere. Right. Right. And I've seen people on the airplane come in and have told me that, like, I'm claustrophobic. So can you check in on me or whatever? or Give me an extra bag or whatever in the event I need to, like, breathe or throw up or whatever. I probably my entire 35 years of existence, I maybe had one slight case of claustrophobia. And it wasn't even for a long period of time. But uh, when I was younger, I don't remember how old I was. I hurt my back pretty bad. And I, I had to do a... Uh, uh, MRI. And for those who've done an MRI, you know, you have to lay there kind of still for an extended period. And when I was in there, I kind of felt uncomfortable, but it literally lasted for like maybe five minutes, if that even. And, you know, I kind of snapped out of it and then I was like, okay, whatever. But at first it was kind of uncomfortable because you're kind of like in a closed area. But yeah, other than that, I've never had any main issues with claustrophobia before. Yeah, I haven't either. I mean, I've done a few MRIs even when I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't have it. I didn't feel any kind of way. Moving on, number six, and, and I actually have a story about this one, but number six, it's astrophobia, which is the fear of thunder yeah. and lightning. I can't wait to. <laughs> <laughs> so, firstly, I just want to rewind to, you know, JB as a, as a young child, and I blame wholeheartedly my mother for this and sure why why do moms always get the blame because it's her fault (laughs) and you even said earlier you know earlier on the show talking about you know when we're kids and all these things we adapt and i think this is one of the things for me so when i was younger i remember my mom anytime there was thunder and lightning outside my mom would always be like stay away from the windows do not go do not shower okay wait pause pause that's not how she said it say it really how she said it that's how she said it. She didn't say stay away from the windows. She did. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. So what did she say? You got to say it with the Guyanese accent. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> I'm not doing all that. But she did. That's another episode too. So what she said though was she said stay away from the windows. She said um, don't don't wash your hands. Don't take a shower. Um, she would come in our rooms like I remember the bed head of my bed had a mirror. She would come in the room at night if there was lightning outside and put a sheet over the mirror <laughs> so that if lightning came through the window, it wouldn't break the mirror. Not that if the leaving out the negating the fact that if the lightning even came close to my bed head, I would probably be dead because it would hit me. It would have to hit me to go through to the mirror. But, but that, wait, real quick though, what did she think was going to happen if you were taking a shower well, while it was lightning? Well, and I don't know how true this is. I mean, someone who can research this, I didn't look into this. But if if lightning hits the house, I, I'm assuming the logic behind this is if the lightning hits the house, it hits piping, you can get electrocuted. Is this an actual thing? I think I actually looked it up one time, and I think that, you, that it can happen, but I think it's obviously a very small, small, small percentage. Anyway, I was always terrified not terrified of lightning but really terrified of getting electric uh, of getting shocked by lightning so for example when it rains till this day 30 plus years later till this day if there is lightning i am absolutely no chance in hell taking a shower i am not going to wash my hands at all 
And also, you know, I'll tell a funny story. I spoke about one of my cousins, Raj, uh, and I'm gonna, this story also involves him as well. We were probably about 15, 16 years old. We didn't, we didn't, neither of us owned cars yet. And we went to McDonald's for lunch and we were walking back to his house actually. And it started raining and then there was lightning. I remember the entire walk. I was terrified. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna die now. Such a young age. I'm gonna get <laughs> hit by lightning. Lightning's gonna strike me. I'm gonna die. My mom's gonna have to plan my funeral and tell everybody that her son got struck by lightning. And the whole time I'm saying all this, Raj, who, you know, if everyone that know me, Raj is my right hand man. Like he was my right hand man. Like he was there for me. That was my brother. This man, the entire walk home was just laughing and because that that was not my neighborhood, I didn't know the way to walk home. So on purpose, he was walking slow and acting like he's turning in certain streets that had nothing nothing to do with the route of actually going home, just to prolong the walk home and see me in this agony. I love that. And oh my I god, wish I wish I was terrified. there. I was <laughs> terrified. But that's my no. story on lightning. Okay, but hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my aunt, your mother, real quick. Okay. Our parents, your parents and my dad are from Guyana and when, and it's a third, you know, it's a third world country. And when they lived there, when they were younger, their houses were not, I'll say maybe as developed as ours. I was made out of mud. Right. So, and I'm sure that the, the pipes were sticking out or had access to like, you know, like they outside. Even have, they didn't even have pipes. They had like outdoor, they had like, they didn't really have pipes though. But I'm just saying that there might have been like metal or something around somewhere in the house. And I feel like maybe she saw or heard and that was like a real thing with those type of houses that were very simple and not, you know, architecturally as safe. So maybe that was a fear and a phobia that she just carried along and she had no idea that it's not really that serious here. I don't know, but now that we're talking about this, I have to, I'm about to go wake her and ask her right now, but I, I need to, I need to find out exactly where this all came from. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna post that on, on social media this upcoming week because I really need to find out how that all started because yeah, up till now, I still have that fear that I, I'm not going to shower because I don't want to get, I don't want to get shot by lightning. I just don't. Um, you know, I just don't, but moving on. And this is a huge one. Again, this is a huge one with my wife. Uh, Cynophobia, which is the fear of dogs. Mm. I know you don't have any fear of dogs. Well, that's not, that's not really true. No? No, I know I have a dog, right? Right. I love my Fifi Meister. She's awesome. Um, but when I was in elementary school, I don't remember what grade. I remember I was sitting in my dad's in my parents' car and I think I don't I think it was my mom that took me to the bus stop and she would wait there while until the bus came so I would sit in the car with her right and I remember seeing this girl that was in my class standing outside waiting for the bus and a dog a big dog came running out of wherever and attacked her and bit her ear and I saw her ear yeah how how high did it jump I mean, she was young. She was in elementary school. So, I mean, no. I mean, she was in elementary school. How big could she be? Was it Mike Tyson's dog? Yeah, whatever. But it was a big dog, though. I don't remember what kind of dog it was. I didn't, I don't, you know, I didn't have pets like that growing up. But, um, and I remember for a while, it took me a while. And till this day, big dogs still low-key kind of startle me. And I had a pit bull for a few years and that dog really helped me open up because I raised him. I had him as a puppy and that helped like for me to see it from a different perspective. You know, when you raise a dog from a loving place, their temperament is a little different, 
but I'm still, still, there's parts of me that I freak out. Actually, we went to Hong Kong, um, in October. We went to this, um, uh, I think it's called the a thousand Buddha temple or whatever. And we were walking up the stairs and we were trying to get to like the last section of the temple where it has this beautiful white Buddha. And I'm not even looking up and I'm just looking down because we were climbing so many stairs and these two straight, they look like stray dogs just came out of nowhere barking, like angry barking. And I literally almost busted my ass down the stairs because I, I flew back so many steps. Sean had to catch me. Wow, mm-hmm. we, Seema and I definitely won't be going there now that well, actually she hears this. That's that's for, that's for damn sure. Yeah, but that was different. It was like I I I say they're straight, but Sean thought that maybe they were like dogs that the temple doesn't matter had. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. She, she does. She will not give a damn. But I will say because of her fear of dogs, it's actually helped me because I actually have a huge fear of dogs. Uh, now it's not as bad as it was, but before I was afraid of every dog. I don't care how big, how small, you know, what breed of dog it is, does not really matter to me. If it has teeth, I'm afraid of it. And because Sima has such a, a huge fear of dogs, I've had to, you know, quote unquote, man up and kind of be brave and, 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 and kind of, if she sees a dog, I have to be the one to step in front. Of course, I'm the man. So I have to be the one to step in front and kind of take that bullet. And because of that reason, it's made me, um, made me not really fear dogs as much. Now, don't get me wrong. If I see like a friggin' Doberman or a Rottweiler or, or like some crazed pit bull or some shit like that, I, I'm going to be terrified. Absolutely. But if it's like smaller dogs and, you know, or even a bigger dog, but doesn't look, doesn't look like it's violent or anything like that. I'll, I'm absolutely fine with it. Um, her cousin has a dog. I actually held a dog for the first time. This is a while back, but, uh, all this is thanks to her having that fear has made me, slightly overcome my fear um. okay so so moving along from dogs um and this one is kind of an interesting one it's agoraphobia which is the fear of open or crowded spaces so it's a little different than than claustrophobia because it has open spaces i can't imagine someone seeing an open space and having a fear of that um i think an open space. Maybe it's, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know anybody that has a fear of open spaces. Maybe it's the fear of like getting lost in that or something. I don't know. It could be. I don't know Imagine why. It's number four on the list in the world. But yeah, that's kind of a weird one for me. But I, I guess a lot I of I know people that are afraid of crowds. Like they cannot handle big crowds of people. Like it drives them crazy. Right. Well, that's actually part of it. It's, it's open space or, or crowd. So crowds, I know. Um, some people can get like anxiety or panic attacks when they see too much people. I've, I've heard of that. But yeah, I think that was interesting. Um, so just moving forward, number three, we already kind of touched on this. Um, it's the fear of heights. Um, a lot of people have this fear. Um, it, it, just in America alone, it says almost 10% of people in the U.S. alone have fear of heights. So, um, you know, I know we t- again already touched on that, so I'll just move on. On I share, I know you kind of have uh, something to say on this one. Number two is I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's ophidiophobia, which is the fear of snakes. Yeah, I am not about the snakes at all. Like, there's nothing about snakes that I'm interested in. I want to see. I like. And when we were talking about that, um, when we were talking about you know recording this episode, I think a lot of that for me stems from the beliefs that 
um, have been indoctrinating me just around me when it comes to like when, when they talk about the Bible and the snake and serpents and, and how evil they are. And they're like, you know, even people say like he's snake like or he's, you know what I mean? When they talk about people that are sneaky or shady or something like that. Right. And then that word just keeps getting thrown around where just the snake gives me that feeling of someone that is sneaky or untrustworthy, like, you know, and, and it's just a freaking snake. But all those all those definitions that we describe people like you're snake like because of X, Y, Z. When I see a snake, I think about all those those kinds of attributes. And I and I even think like evil because of the Bible. I was literally just about to say, yeah, I think it does something to the psyche because, you know, you every time you hear snakes, it's always a connotation of bad or evil. It's never like, oh, man, he was so nice. He's snake like it's always evil or bad or whatever. So, I mean, for me personally, I don't really have a fear of snakes. If I see a snake. I'm not going to freak out. Obviously, I'm not going to say, okay, and walk over it. I'll, 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 you know, take a detour and walk around it um, just for safety reasons, but not the fact that I'm, uh, you know, I have a fear for it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Anything else on fear of snakes before we move on? No, I'm, we can slither out. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So uh, the number one fear, number one fear uh, in the world, and it's crazy because just, uh, just in the United States alone, 30.5% people have this fear. Uh, you're, that, you're talking almost one out of every three people have this fear in the United States. And that fear is called, and there's a movie by the name of this, it's called Arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders. I personally don't have, if I see a, obviously if I see a spider, again, I'm not just going to be like, okay, spider, walk on me and, and then, you know, risk getting bit or something. I'm going to do something about it, but I won't necessarily again walk around to the other side of the room or something to avoid the spider in fear of it how about you no i i feel the same way i don't get the same heebie-jeebies that i get with snakes with spiders i really don't um now i've never just been laying down on a tarantula has you know sat on my face or anything like that but um i don't i don't freak out in that way i want to say I think Sean told me his son, my stepson, Gage, has a fear of spiders, but I, I can't, I can't even speak into that. But FYI, for uh, people, you know, someone, any, any girl that's interested in Gage, you know, th- throw a spider his way, he'd be gone. <laughs> so let me ask you this: unless if you've already talked about it, what is you, Sherry's number one phobia? Hmm. I would say my number one phobia out of everything would have to be the stuff that's more um, mental, not so much the physical things like snakes or heights or anything like that. I would think I would say it's more like failing, not succeeding, um, that kind of stuff, you know, just um, just a fear of. Sometimes I even I, I low key you don't even know this about me, but I get sometimes get anxiety of how the state of our world is. Really? Yeah, it's like it's but like is that more of a phobia, or is that more you just you being worried about the future, or is that a pho- more of a phobia? I don't I don't know I don't I don't think it's a phobia, but it's something that startles me that 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 takes me off balance. You know, like 
that like I think about the world and and how much hatred and and anger and separation there is and it and it literally saddens me physically. Okay, Miss America. <laughs> <laughs> so for me and and a lot of people don't know this. I, I would assume the only people that actually know this is my wife and my parents and my brother. Uh, people who've actually lived with me. But my number one fear and the thing I am deathly afraid of. Sure, you want to take a guess? Uh, it's having to be romantic for your wife? No, that's nothing. <laughs> what the hell? That's, not, that's second nature. She's just, just like, she's, uh, now, at, at this point of her listening to this, she's going to turn to me and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so... Yeah, so no no I mean like what am I talking about not you Sherry what am I talking about Oh <laughs> So anyway though what that that fear or that phobia is for me we live in Florida and for anyone that lives in Florida there's things that you will always see in your home no matter how clean you are You That's one but there's something else Ants Well yeah depending on what time of year it is but there's something else Roaches Yes Palmetto bugs? The, oh my. Even just, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm getting the chills. <laughs> oh my god, those big ass, giant ass roaches, palmetto bugs, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I, those things terrify the shit out of me. Uh, I can tell you about a million and one r- different scenarios of how this terrifies me, but I'm, I'm going to spare everybody. But yes. just, 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 for example, when I leave my home, uh, you know, I go through the garage to get to my car, open the garage, go outside. I literally put on the light for a couple of seconds just to make sure there's no palmetto bugs. I look around, and when the coast looks clear, I'll quickly g- put my shoes on or sneakers or whatever be and go outside. What's that? You're not serious right now. I swear to God. <laughs> Dead ass. Not only that, I'm 35 years old. I'm married. If I see a palmetto bug, I have... Absolutely no shame at all calling my wife, babe, can you get it? (laughs) I said at the beginning of this show, episode one, we're going to be open and this is me being open. I am absolutely terrified and have no problem screaming like a little girl when it comes to roaches. I just, there's just something about them. And I, again, I think this comes from when i was younger because i remember when we were when i was younger growing up and actually you know we'll probably have an episode on this on 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 us growing up and our parents god bless you know all you know both of our parents your parents or my parents didn't necessarily have the easiest upcoming and they both you know both sets of our parents ended up becoming really successful but it was a long journey but anyway when my parents first started, we were living like in Brooklyn, and back then in the 80s, Brooklyn was not necessarily the nicest area to live in. And I remember in our apartment, we used to have roaches. This is not palmetto bugs. This is straight roaches. But they had big ones, and I remember I always used to like eat, and I just used to see them walking across, and I'd just be so terrified of them. And I never got out of that fear. They never did anything to me. I never woke up and saw it crawling on me or, or anything. It's just the way they looked. It was just terrifying until this day. I have that fear. Like if I go in the bathroom and you, know and you can just step on them and they die, right? Nah, I ain't taking a chance. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> taking the chance. What is it going to do? Nah, but hey, your blood out. I will say if I'm like, and I, again, there's something wrong with my psychology here, but if I'm wearing jeans and I have sneakers on, I feel a bit more secure. Why? I have absolutely no idea. 
But if I have jeans on and not shorts or something, and if I have sneakers on and not barefoot, I feel a little bit more secure. Maybe because I know I can step on it, even though I would never do that. But, for example, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to use the bathroom. I open the light, and I see, I see like, uh, you know, one of those palmetto bugs. Trust me. I will go to the bathroom, walk all the way down the steps and go to that bathroom, even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm halfway asleep, and use that. And if I open that and there happens to be one there, which that has never happened, but if it did, either I don't, I won't pee or I'll go outside and pee or something. That's how serious it is with me. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm like, Sean, you sitting there talking about your wife and you don't understand cats and and. You start. You started off the segment saying you don't understand her fear for cats, but you t- you're sitting here talking about palmetto bugs. That's real shit, though. That's serious <laughs> yeah. shit. That's that's legit. So anyone, if you ever never ever want my wife at your home, have palmetto bugs and have cats. I promise we will you not. You guys be will there. not show up. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But I know uh, on real talk, I know roaches is a really weird one. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any weird phobias like that? No, I can't. I can't say that I, I. I'm not a fan of palmetto bugs, but I'm not like scared in that in that level. No, I can't think of anything like that that I am fearful other than snakes. Yeah, no, palmetto bugs for me. That's number one hundred percent. But just you know, I got a list here of just some some weird phobias, and I just want to kind of run through them mm-hmm. real quick. One is xanthophobia. This is just freaking weird. It, xanthophobia is the fear of the color yellow. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea why that is, and you know, I guess they're afraid of bananas and and the sun. Yeah, and that's lace, a primary color. I don't, I don't even know. Lace potato <laughs> chips. Who knows? Um, also, another fear. It's called linophobia. And guys, please, if I'm pronouncing these wrong, I apologize. But you know, I don't, I don't have a, a transliterator here or anything like that. So, uh, linophobia is the fear of string, like string. string. Mhm. Maybe they, I don't know, they were a cat in a past life and got into a fight with a ball of yarn. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not even going to comment because I have no idea. The uh, The next one I got here is genophobia, which is the fear of knees and kneeling. Knees? And kneeling, yeah. All right. So do you think, just, just to segue real quick. Just to go off topic real quick, do you think the NFL, the guys, all these guys that are kneeling, has something to do with a political standpoint? Or maybe they all have – maybe these guys are just trying to show like, hey, we don't have xenophobia. We're not free. <laughs> yeah. I think that – I think if we if everyone thought that, it would be a lot less um, name-calling and nonsense going on. Yeah, I mean, where are all the genophobia people? Maybe they should step up here. Maybe that could be a thing. Yeah. The next one. Start a new movement. Exactly. <laughs> Hashtag genophobia. Um, <laughs> the next thing is, I don't even know how to pronounce this, but it's anatidophobia, which is basically, I, I don't know how else to say this, but it's the fear of, of ducks. Um, watching ducks, their every move, just every little thing about ducks you're afraid of. I guess you could relate to that. Do they have something for palmetto bugs? Ducks are not like palmetto bugs. Ducks, are, yeah. ducks don't even have teeth. Oh, well, well, palmetto well, bugs yeah, do? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, what the hell? They're vampires? I know. That's true. But <laughs> but still, they like crawl on you and shit. <laughs> well, they never crawl on me, but still, whatever. Hey, listen, I'm not on trial here. The next <laughs> moving one. On. Moving on. Allophobia. Allophobia is the fear of flutes. Comments? Mm, must have married. Hi. 
Oh, American Pie. That's interesting. What's American Pie? Now, here's one. And I'm sure a lot of females have this. They might mm. not admit it, but I'm sure they have it. Hear it. And it's pantherophobia, which is the fear of mother-in-laws. Uh, yeah, I could see what for some people that's a real thing. What about you? No, my mother-in-law's sweet. I don't have that issue. Just between me and you. No, no, between us. No, yeah, we're good. Between us. No one else listening. Just what about you? Me. What about you? I love. Actually, I love my mother-in-law to death. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into this tangent like I usually do, but my mother-in-law, like, honestly, if someone wants to see how my mother-in-law is with me, they probably think I'm her son. I think my mother-in-law treats me better than she treats my wife. She, I, I love my mother-in-law to death and my father-in-law both. I love them to death. But anyway, moving on, the next one. And this I'm definitely going to butcher. Uh, but this is called Hippopotamontrosquipedalophobia. Wow. Okay. You want to take a fear, guess what that is? Fear of hippos? I don't know. Fear of long words. As the word is super long. Awesome. As the word is super long. Exactly. <laughs> Why would someone like? I, I wonder what goes into a person's head to make them, to make them, you know, have That's that. What I'm saying. Some of these things are so deep rooted. I don't. I don't even know. Yeah, I'd love to know like the origin. If anyone knows the origin behind any of these, please share it with us on social yeah. media. Um, For sure. You can e- uh, email us the naked mindset at gmail.com or again Twitter at naked mindset pod. Um, but moving on, uh, the last one I'm going to share, last weird phobia, it's triskaidekaphobia, which is, and this is, I've actually heard this quite a few times, but it's the fear of the number 13. Obviously, thir- the number 13 has some connotations with some people, like it's supposed to be unlucky and evil. Um, I don't have anything with 13, but personally, 666, it does not, I don't have any fear of 666, but if I'm doing anything and I see 666 is the number, for example, like, you know, when you're online sometimes and you have to do like one of those verification things, mm-hmm. if I see the thing is 666, I will hit refresh so it gives me a different number. <laughs> That might be crazy of me. I, I I don't fear it, but I just don't want to be – I don't want to be associated with that number at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, 666, they say like that's like the number of the bees. And again, it's like devil and Satan and, and, and just all things evil. Do you have anything? 13, 666, anything like 13 that? 13 is actually one of my favorite numbers, so I definitely don't have a fear of that. There you go. Um, And 666, I agree with you. I don't – I don't – you know, it's not like I freak out about it, but it's not something I want in my space. Like I wouldn't move into a house at 666, you know, or, you know, want that in my phone number or anything like that. Yeah, I think so. I think you and I have the same thinking when it comes to that. We don't necessarily fear the number, but we just don't want to kind of be associated with too much. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the episode for this week, uh, fears and phobias. Tell us more. Share with us more what your guys fears and phobias do you agree with some of the things that we said today do you have share some of the uh, same phobias as us or even the one the top 10 we we discussed or even some of the weird ones let us know what your weird ones are sure you have anything else to add no and also shout you know shout out to us on 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 what you guys want to hear what kind of topics you want us to discuss um share some of your stories please we we were open to suggestions and we're willing to talk just about anything, really. Literally anything. Doesn't matter yeah. um, at all. Uh, 
Okay, I just want to, you know, I, I do this every week, but I can, I'll, I'll never stop doing it. Uh, I'll always take time to just thank everybody for listening uh, to us. Um, you know, I, I was telling Sherry before we start recording, um, our last episode, which if you haven't listened to it, please go ahead and uh, listen to it. It's called, uh, What's Race Got to Do with It? And we had, uh, Sean Sizzle, Sherry's husband on, and we were discussing interracial, uh, interracial relationships. And, uh, the feedback on it has been amazing. A lot of you guys have hit us up on Twitter. Um, have privately messaged me, have messaged uh, Sherry on on Facebook and and different social media. So I really really appreciate that. Uh, just keep the feedback coming. Constructive criticism. We are absolutely open to whatever constructive criticisms you have. Um, again, this is a working project, and it'll be so for a long time to come. It's uh, again, this this is both of us just having this passion to do this, and we just want to make it better and better for you guys. So, like Sherry said, you have any topics, anything you want to listen to us, you know, discuss? Please go ahead and let us know. Um, other than that, uh, um, that's pretty much it for me. I just want to go ahead and say, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name again is J B, and my you can reach me on Twitter at the p1jb that's at the p1jb sherry tell the good people where they can see you and meet you at yeah shout out thank you guys everybody all our listeners we appreciate you and you guys can reach me on ig or twitter at sharita that's s-h-e-r-i-d as in dog a sunshine that's it all one word there you go. So we're going to go ahead and um, call this one a wrap. On the other side of this, you're going to hear some music, and we're going to close the show just as we always do with the motivational words of our very own Sean Sizzle. <laughs> and, and and share, what, what, what is that? What is that, that name we call him now? WCP, baby. White Chocolate Priest. Preacher. Priest, preacher, whatever. <laughs> Be like water, my friends. The ripple effect. Good evening, everyone. It's Sean Sizzle with The Ripple Effect. There are basically two kinds of fear. There's a biological response that sends adrenaline bursting through your body to get you out of immediate danger. Then there is the non-biological fear based on scarcity, whether it be time, money, or just not being enough. The first fear is, of course, evolutionary and necessary. It lets us know we are alive and is trying to keep us that way with strength, speed, and focus. The second, although it feels that it is real, is nothing more than our imagination. The reason it has power is because of our underlying belief that we are lacking, that we are not enough. In your life, do you ever see that guy or gal that is not rich and does not have an extraordinary amount of resources? They work a regular job, but they always seem to figure out how to do whatever they want, regardless of time, money, and resources. That is because they have a different belief system. They believe there is abundance, so they never worry about time, money, or resources. They never worry about being enough. Fear based on scarcity is not real. The things that most of us worry about are not now real and probably will never exist, yet we let it paralyze us in the moment. To overcome fear based on scarcity, you must do three things. 
The first is change your belief from one of scarcity to abundance. The second, know the thing that you are worried about only exists in your mind. And thirdly, take action on what you want to have happen, knowing that there, that it is there for you to take. That's it. Fear based on scarcity does not have to exist in your reality. Like Franklin Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So go out in the world and and do whatever it is that you want to do and don't let things keep you down. Don't let the fear of tomorrow stop you from doing what you need to do today. As always, treat each other with love, unity, empowerment, and respect. One love. Sean Sizzle out.